Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 2, Episode 9. I'm Russell and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello. Hello, Dad. You all right? I'm good, thank you. And I'm guessing you are after this week's music. It's been a good week, not going to lie. I've enjoyed it to the point where I've re-listened again on my off my own back not just writing notes or anything I've actually been like I want to re-listen to this song I like that one I've had a few where I'm like I want to listen to you again I feel like I've not had that in a while where like I want to listen to other songs again and again so just to recap you had Thompson Twins Frankie Goes to Hollywood yeah Talk Talk, H2O, and Rock the Crew. Rock Steady Crew. Yeah, Rock, sorry, Rock Steady Crew, yes. Yeah, it was a nice, it was a short week. So um, how many, if any, number ones? I've gone for two or three. I couldn't pinpoint. Two or three, mm. okay. And um, where do you see those two or three? So I definitely think Frankie Goes to Hollywood had one. And I think the Thompson Twins had one. And if I was going for a third, I think Talk Talk might have had one. But I think that's pushing it too much. So I think it's just two. But I'm not, yeah. Okay. Well, it was three. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Where those three are, we shall find out. So... Let's talk music and let's talk Thompson Twins. Yep. So I don't know why, but I really thought these would be women. They're not. And I also thought it was a duo. They're not. <laughs> so that was annoying. Well, the, the, the name Thompson Twins probably me probably you'd expect twins or yeah, two. But so, I don't know why yeah. I was picturing women. I don't know where I've got that from. I feel like Thompson's a very feminine name. I don't know. I thought it was women. I was disappointed that it weren't. I've gone for genre-wise, I've gone for synth pop. And I think I've made up my own genre. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah. I've put retro pop. <laughs> well, they're retro now, I suppose, but at the time they weren't retro. No, but I wrote it down and I was like, I don't think this is a real thing in any way, shape or form. <laughs> In my head, they sounded a bit retro. Take the retro away and you, you'll be there. Take the retro away. So they're just pop. Are they, are they synth pop? Yes, they are. So the, the Thompson twins were, or are, no, were, Tom Bailey on vocals, bass, guitar and keyboards, Ooh. Alana Curry on vocals and drums, and Joe Leeway on vocals and keyboards. So none of them are related. No, they were formed in 1977 mm-hmm. in Chesterfield. Although they were formed in Chesterfield, but not uh, not the the main not these three, and then they moved to London. But I'll go into that. Right. They they were formed originally in Chesterfield, um, and they are a pop new wave synth pop group. That new band. wave again. And the reason for the name is quite simple. They are named after the two detectives in Tintin. I don't think I've ever seen Tintin. I know yeah, of Tintin. Well, the two detectives in that are Thompson. So, okay. so, yeah. So Tom Bailey founded the band, and the original lineup was 
Bailey on bass and vocals, Pete Dodd on vocals and guitar, John Rogg on guitar, and John Podgoski on drums. And they all moved to London. Well, apart from John Podgoski, they all moved to London with very little money and they squatted oh. in, a, in Clapham. Um, and Alana Curry come over from New Zealand and she was living in another squat further up the road, which is how she met Bailey and obviously became their drummer because obviously they were looking for a drummer. So they were like homeless then? Yeah, yeah. They come down there with no money, but obviously realised they needed to, if they were going to succeed, they really needed to be in London. Mm, yeah, true. So they, they auditioned um, for another drummer. And after hiring an Andrew Edge, um, however, he left for another group. So Chris Bell then came in and this lineup of Bailey, Dodd, Rog and Bell released the first single as Thompson Twins. Right. So it wasn't even the original, other than Tom Bailey, it wasn't the, the classic lineup of the 80s. Um, and that, um, the first uh, single was Squares and Triangles. Then in 1981, the band changed lineup again with Leeway, Curry, and Sileg- Sileg- Siligman joining, and the band signed up to Arista Records. And then in 82, their manager, John Hayde, who was their former roadie, who they knew also because he lived in squat the same as them and then become their roadie and then obviously become their manager. And John Leeway was also originally a roadie before he joined the band. So it's all interlinked. Um, He convinced Bailey to downsize the band. So Bailey, Curry and Leeway notified the other four. So Matthew Seligman, John Rogg, Peter Dodd and Chris Bell, that they were breaking the band up so to speak and in a sense making them redundant or you know just cutting them from the band mm-hmm. um, however they did give them each 500 pound which was quite a lot back then I suppose yeah and they also let them keep their instruments um, as long as they didn't perform under the name the Thompson Twins in other words they gave them their instruments I suppose in a sense uh, for the rights of using the Thompson Twins yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. Sense. So they gave them 500 quid saying they're like severance pay and then said, have the instruments, but we're we're keeping them. Yeah, so it so weren't going through some court those. process. They tried to do it amicably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the new trio immediately broke into the single, or the UK singles chart and the US billboard. Oh, wow. 100 with lies and uh, love on your side. So Lies wasn't such a big hit, but it got noticed. Yeah. And then Love on Your Side. Kind of kicked them off. Held them into, into the, the, the bigger stratosphere. So. That's well confusing. So, yeah. So, yeah, so um, quite a few lineups. Before yeah. They got to, I suppose it was just a matter of trial and error. Square peg, round hole before trying to, you know, decide what mm. they wanted and that. And I suppose with the, as, as, um, electronics become more into it so obviously the, the synthesizers you use less people yeah. need as much exactly. many people anyway mm-hmm. um you know unless you're a big band or rock band or you know and you have all that you, you don't really need mm. it so so their manager i suppose was right and also it costs more the more the more yeah. in it the the less percentage you have yeah so more people you gotta pay down, 
more upkeep. Exactly, you know, but yeah, but by trim, trimming it down, they've obviously um, found the right formula in the end. <laughs> that's how they become more successful. And as I say at the beginning, the classic lineup is Bailey, Curry, and Leeway. So, were any of the ones that first formed a band in 1977 in it in the 80s? Bailey's the only one. He's the only he's one. Been with them from. He's been with them all the he way. He's still it. the only one now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At least there's someone that's original. Yeah. Right. But still very confusing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I suppose, it's a bit like Human League, but even with Human League, there's no one original no. in the group. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I was like, we've had someone before where there's no one original, and yeah. it annoyed me, because I'm like, Human how can you, League, you're and then not they even... to be Heaven 17 yeah. and left the... But that Human League was in a, quite a bit of debt, and they left the debts as well, yeah. and hence they moved on. So it's all a bit not as amicable as this one. Certainly not. So in 1985... They performed at Live Aid in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, where they were joined on stage no other than by Madonna. Oh, okay. Yes. Did do a song That's with her. You know I'm not, I really couldn't tell you. Mm. So see, um, I didn't really see the Philadelphia one, mm. or not that I can remember. Anyway. No, but I mean, like, did they ever release it, a song with her? I guess if they were joined on stage. They must have done they something. Have, whether, how, how they, how it, came about did they sing hers yeah sing was it just I, a I cover what, and they joined or did yeah they have I, something? I don't know um, in what, what sense okay but still you know you've made it when you're being joined by someone like that don't you yeah so joe leeway eventually left in 1986 and bailey and curry continued as a duo for another seven years uh, but never had the success that the trio achieved between 82 and 86 so 82 and 86 was their like their main you know peak yeah prime yeah and then obviously when leeway left that you'll see for whatever reason and the band just slipped away or unfortunately the 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 music left them behind i suppose Mm. happens with quite a few but then i guess things the the sounds moved on as well exactly um so bailey and curry actually became a couple um and married in 1991 and they had two children or have two children together before divorcing in 2003 while married in 1992 the duo decided to end association with the name thompson twins and they performed as um babble 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 b-a-double-b-l-e right In 1994, they released their first album. In 1996, they released their second album. However, before the third album could be recorded, Warner Brothers, who were their record deal with, ended their contract. And by this time, the couple had moved to New Zealand and Curry decided to retire completely from the music business. Okay. So pretty much then. That was like the end. Anything. Mm -hmm. Um, however, um, Tom Bailey performed songs live for the very first time in 27 years um, in August 2017 at Henley's Rewind Festival. Right I'm pleased there. to say I was there, and he so he was he was the top bill, and he was last on. And what did he perform as? Just himself? He performed as 
Thompson Twins, Tom Bailey. Right, okay. And, and he still does now. But I've how? seen him a few times. He, but was he the vocalist? He was, yes. And he was the main, as I say, he, he was like multi talented. Song, probably wrote, wrote most of the songs, I think, or at least co wrote. Mm-hmm. He um, is now uh, tours as Thompson Twins, Tom Bailey, as I say. And has supported both Aha and Boy George, ah. of which again I've seen. I've seen both of those. As well. You've seen Boy George. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, and Tom Bailey was supporting him along with, if I remember, I think it was Belinda Carlisle, but I can't can't quite remember. I know um, it was OMD and um, Tom Bailey when it was Aha, mm. and I've obviously seen OMD since. Was mm. it now touring? on their own obviously much smaller venues so yeah no no yeah very good but tom bailey he had this big red bouncy ball that he threw out to the crowd i think it was for you take me up i think okay oh that's cool then it's cool that he's still going on but it's like he's not letting them go he's just like i'll carry on words well, it's been 27 years i think yeah. i think if i remember where at the time um, it was his mate Howard Jones, another 80s, who you will come across mm. much later. But he was the one who, because Howard Jones, he does, and Nick Kershaw, they all they all do the the rewind, mm. um, the 80s reformation, yeah. case, retro 80s, as you call it, so <laughs> to speak. Um, he convinced him to to come back, and oh. he's obviously enjoyed it. And has gone on, as I say, to to um, tours himself, or at least support other big big names in a and Boy George. Fair enough. So, Thompson Twins, they have had five top ten hits, mm. three top ten albums, with 1984's "Into the Gap" reaching number one, and that was the album with Doctor Doctor, "You Take Me Up." Sister okay. of Mercy and Hold Me Now on. So you can see what a quality album that was just from those singles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not giving much away about the songs. Not giving much away. <laughs> see, I would have put these as probably would be your favourite this week. Okay. So I shall go through their songs. Yeah. And we will see where, where you come up because... Or, you know, so first of all, what did you think was number one then? You thought they had my other number one? Yeah, I think they had a number one with uh, Doctor Doctor. Oh, okay. Right. Well, 1983, <laughs> Love on Your Side. So as I said, Lies was their first one. That got to yeah. I think that reached the nut in, just inside the, the, or just outside the top 60. Right, okay. 63. So did, right, um, okay. So no, but then love on your side, as I said earlier, you know, was there the one that obviously with it held them. Um, mm-hmm. That got to number nine in 1983. Oh wow! Okay, so that one, like I could tell they were electric. It was very electric, and the sounds were very repetitive. So it was quite simple sounding with the music. Yeah, but yeah, I liked it. It was a nice start off to to the week. Yeah. And then they had We Are Detective, which is funny because obviously, as I said, their names come from the detectives, Thompson, Drew, uh, yeah. Tom Tintin, and then they had a song called We Are Detective. Yeah. That got number seven. Number seven. So, again, top ten hit. Okay. And that's number yes. seven. That's number seven. 
Uh, then we had 1983 still watching, and that was number 33. There was some weird vocal sounds in that one. That was my least favourite song yeah, of theirs. Well, it looks like that was their fans' least favourite as well. Yeah, it weren't that great. Then we had 1983, still 1983, um, Hold Me Now, which is a good song. Yeah, uh, I wrote, I feel like this is a bit of you. <laughs> Number four. Okay. Top five. Yeah. 1984, Doctor Doctor. It's also my favourite. Yeah. Great chorus. This is one I've replayed many times. It was inside the top ten. Yeah. It was inside the top five. Yeah. It was inside the top three. Yeah. It got to number three. Okay. That's still their highest chart in hit, isn't it? Yeah. So I'll take it. 1984 still. And as we said, all these are now from the album that got to number one. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably my favourite, You Take Me Up. Okay, I liked it, but it was more chilled out, especially after Doctor Doctor. But I did like it, you know, I was able to sing to it. But yeah, it was a chilled out one. So hold me now, number four. Yeah. Doctor Doctor, number three. Hold me now. No, you take me up. Two. Sorry, you yeah, take... sorry. You take me up. Number two. Number two. Oh, so okay. Gone number four, number three, and number two. From a top, from a number one album. Yeah. Did you say Sister of Mercy's on it as well? I did indeed. Will this be a number one? So Sister of Mercy, unfortunately, didn't even make the top ten. Oh. Number eleven. Okay. See again, it was slow, but it had been tapping. Like I think with this whole going into electric. The song and sat like the vocals can be like slow and chilled, but the background music can still kind of get you tapping along to it. Like if you separate them, there's two different vibes going on in a sense, but they work. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, 1984, Lay Your Hands on Me, number 13. Mm, I could zone out on that one. That was like my second least favourite. Uh-huh. Mm. 1985, Don't Mess With Dr. Dream. <laughs> Do they have a thing number with doctors? Yeah, that got to number 15. Okay. I thought it was just, I thought that was good music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as you can see, they're starting to Slowly. slip away now. And then 1985, King For A Day, number 22. Oh, okay. Even that song feels powerful, though. Like, it's got King in the title but even the song like it just gives me I don't know something with it it goes I liked it but yeah okay so there we go we've I said three number ones you've listened to you thought Thompson twins and they had none no bit disappointed so it does mean that you were probably right about talk talk yeah as we move on then Mm -hmm. to the group that Got me into music. The first album I ever owned. Yeah. Was Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah. So what were your take on that, on them? Well, what I was expecting. And I think they're a bit more rocky, like a rock pop genre, rather thought. And do you know what was nice in the videos? In Relax, 
he got to see like an 80s bar and it was funny because the main vocalist he's very like prim and proper very groomed and he's gone in this bar and they're all like in drag and heavy makeup and leather and all this and I was like well you don't fit in here um but Frankie Goes to Hollywood puts more of a story on their videos so I liked that about him it was a bit different take on the videos from what usually it's a performance so you're getting into the videos a bit more now um but yeah they're all so simple but like I say I think he's like proper a bit prim and proper but it wasn't what I was expecting that video got them in a lot of trouble well what, so relax. lyrics yeah relax. I don't know if Why? you watched the uh what video you did you not well there's yeah there's a lot going on in that video yeah there's a lot going on but yeah. what's wrong with it I um, don't know if you've watched the, the actual video. <laughs> anyway, Frankie Goes to Hollywood are Holly Johnson on vocals, Paul Rutherford on vocals, Marco Tool on bass, Brian Nash on guitar, Peter Gill on drums, and Jed O'Toole on vocals guitar. However, Jed left in 1982 and then returned again in 1984. Did you say Holly? Yeah. That's not so a girl, he's a, is it? No, no, no. no I was going to say, I did not see a woman. No. And I didn't hear a woman either. Right, no. okay. So they were formed in 1980 in Liverpool. And they are a synth-pop new wave band. Okay. Um, the name actually derives from a pop art poster by Guy Palart of a young Frank Sinatra being mobbed by fans. Uh, oh. which was used by the New Yorker magazine with a headline of Frankie Goes Hollywood. So then they changed it to, obviously, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. I, I just assumed there was someone called Frankie in the band. So Holly Johnson originally played bass with uh, Big in Japan um, before forming a group called Sons and Egypt. Uh, with Peter Gill on drums and Jed O'Toole on bass, and O'Toole's cousin, Brian Nash, who was on guitar. Mm -hmm. After a number of small local gigs, however, the band disbanded. So then Holly reprised the band, or the group, but this time with Mark O'Toole, and they called themselves Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Um, However, they had Sonia Mazunda on vocals. So they had a lady vocalist. However, at their first gig, where they were supporting Hamby in the Dance in um, a Leeds nightclub uh, called The Warehouse, the main acts, so Hamby in the Dance, their lead singer, Paul Rutherford, enjoyed the Frankie Goes to Hollywood performance so much, he then joined the band and, in effect, replaced Mazumba that very night. So one gig. Oh, Wow. Um, and thus Brutal. creating the classic lineup of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So okay. Paul Rutherford was the last piece of the jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And Nash has since said how Frankie Goes to Hollywood looked up to fellow Liverpool or Liverpudlian bands uh, like Echo and the Bunnymen, OMD, and The Teardrop Explodes. Okay. Um, saying how he once saw Ian McCulloch, the lead singer of Echo and the Bunnymen, getting on a bus, um, and um, how you never saw a Beatle getting on a bus. 
So obviously the Beatles oh, were so a bit more relatable. And they just felt they were more related to the up and coming or the new sound yeah. of Liverpool, the electro rather than synth-pop, the rather than the old out with the new and so on, mm. out with the old in with the new and what have you. So yeah, yeah. So you just yeah, felt they were more like this new up and coming groups than they were. Mm. Of looking back on the past so yeah. yeah i'm with you i'm with you so i mean i suppose that the biggest thing about frankie goes to hollywood is relax they're single because it's got a bit of history behind it oh is it yes so relax was initially going nowhere in the charts right after being outside the top 40 for eight weeks so it was number 77, then it was still number 77, then it was number 67, so it's sort of climbing, but 55, 54, 55, so it looks like it's peaked, then it went 46, and then it went 46 again, so just outside the top 40, but it's taken eight weeks, you know, so, and then eventually it got to number 35. So now it's starting to get, it's starting to get airplane. I was going to say, they're on top of the pops now. Um, I don't know if they've appeared on top of the pops, but they could do if, oh. if, if it, that, that was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with the airplay and what have you, they then got to six. Oh, wow. Yeah. However, with um, more airtime coming to them on Radio 1, and as I say, a possible top of the pop appearance... Mm-hmm. The Radio 1 DJ, Mike Reed, then banned the single from his show. Why? What's uh, wrong with the because single? Because of the lyrics and, the, and I think the video, he saw the video. It's also the sleeve of the, I think the sleeve was quite racy of the single, um, the sing, the, the lyrics of the single. And yeah, you got to remember this is, this is, you know, still liberated. Uh, people are a bit of a snowflake. Of, but yeah, even though we've come out of the, the swinging 60s, the hippie 70s, and we've had the Sex Pistols and all that, but yeah, it was seen as a bit too, too much. However, this only helped the single as the producer, X Buggles, um, Trevor Horn, um, he used this to help promote the single, which then saw it in one week go from to, to number two. And then after 12 weeks in the chart, it made number one. So that was, that's what I would have said was the number one. I've just looked up the lyrics. Yeah. And because it's very repetitive. So I was like, I don't get what could be wrong with relax. Don't do it. But literally, I think the only lyric that people would have questioned is um, when you want to suck, chew it. That's it. And even that could be taken in any way, shape or form. Yeah, but I think you, there's a bit more. There's you really know, not. Um, um, there's, you, you, yeah, but again and no, I don't. I, and it was, it was I don't see it as. No, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, I went out and. Well, I didn't, obviously, I had the album, but um, I just liked the music. Um, it was different to the Whams and the Duran Durans, you know, and they were they were my group, but they had controversy. They had a lot of controversy around them at the time. I think people, which I mean, they, okay. which they cleverly played on, 
And if it wasn't yeah. for Mike Reed banning them, who knows whether they'd have got to number one. I was going to say, know, because that, that they've had the banning, gave, they've got the, gave me- more, like the um, attention. Attention, more media mm. pages. You know, yeah. I'm sure the, you know, the papers at the time are probably going, do you think this should be, but they should yeah. be banned and all this. And yeah, it got, it got people, people would have spoken about it on other radio stations. Suddenly talking about them. And mm. yeah, people would have said, would have been playing it on others saying, you know, we haven't banned it, unlike Radio One. And, you know, although Radio One hadn't banned it, it was just one of their DJs. I don't know if he was like the breakfast DJ, which obviously was the big show um, back then. But, um, but yeah, um, it, it I, and just I that took it, it to another level, I suppose. As I say, it, it took a while to get to where it had anyway. Um, but then anyway, it got to number one and it stayed at number one for five weeks. Okay. Known as 99 Red Balloons knocked it off top spot. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to go through quickly some of the number, some of the some of the other songs it kept. Now, bear in mind how long it's taken to get there. But these are some of the songs it, it, it beat. It, like it kept, kept off, off. To, mm-hmm. to, to get there. I mean, and we're, we're, we're talking some some big songs at the time. So th- these are just some of the songs that mm. were in the chart at the same time as Relax that missed out on the number one because of Relax. Right. So Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Big song back then. I know that Peaked song. at number two. Oh, yeah, I should remember these. Radio Gaga. By the Queen. Oh. Peaked at number two because of Relax. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Doctor, Doctor. By the Thompson Twins. Peaked at number three. No, number three because of Relax and obviously Radio Gaga being at number two. Right. They, they, so they, they, who? I mean, probably Radio Gargo would have been number one. So there's nothing to say that yeah, the so they went, would have got to number mm, one. Mm. But they were in the chart at the time, and Relax kept them out of the, the any the higher. Chart. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good, Nick Kershaw? Can't say I know that one. No, we well, haven't come across that. But peaked at number four, I think it was, um, because of uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So yes, yeah, so some some big songs there that peaked lower than they might have done. Yeah, Bronski beat Small Town Boy was another one as well. I've um, had that, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. uh, they they also uh, held off. Not that I'm saying again that they would necessarily have um, got the number one spot. Got to the number one spot, but mm. held off because of relax. How long did it say it was up there? 12 weeks? No, they took 12 weeks to get to, to number get there. one. Right. And then and they then stayed at number one for five weeks. Five weeks. That's still a long time. Yeah. Wow. However. And that's not in some big, that's not in some big selling single. To no. be number one for that long, it's beaten all other sales to be up yeah. there. Yeah. And it's not had massive, it's not in some record-breaking chart topping record like sales thing that's however the story doesn't stop there right so 
After 99 red balloons knocked it off the top, um, okay. they obviously then slipped down the charts over the next 10 weeks. So they've now been in a chart so for 22 still... weeks. Um, and they, um, after 10 weeks, they got to number 31. So still inside the top 40. Uh -huh. However, it didn't want to go out of the top 40 because it suddenly started climbing again. My God! Following the, the release of the second single, Two Tribes. Right. So this is now how Relax suddenly, the, uh, how the, the chart went. So we've gone from number 31, okay? Mm -hmm. So we slipped mm -hmm. down the chart for number one. It yeah. then went 26, 24. 21, 17, 16. What? Number 11, number five, number three. Oh my God. Number two, number two. Then it went number three, number three, number three. Bear in mind, we've already, how long it's been in it's the It's already been down there, yeah. yeah. Number six, number seven. Number 12, still inside the top 20. Number 20, number 22, number 29, before eventually falling out of the top 40 after spending 37 weeks inside and becoming the seventh best-selling single of all time and winning the 1985 Brit Award for Best Single. Not bad for a song that was banned. That's mad. Yeah. So it got to number one. How, like literally how many people weeks. have got this single? It stayed at number one for number five. It then slipped out, went down to number, was it, 35? Still not in the, still not out the, the top 40. No. And then climbed and then back up again. All the oh, sorry, up yeah, number, to number two. And then climbed back up to number two. 30 how many weeks? 37 weeks altogether. Crazy. Yes. That's like an Ed Sheeran or an Adele thing nowadays. They do yeah. stuff like yeah. that. And I suppose it's it's different these days because of downloads. People had to physically yeah. go to a shop and buy that yeah. single. But this is why I'm also shocked. How is it not in some... And the fact is that surely if you wanted to buy it, you'd have bought it in that first... Yeah, when it was first at number one, and it was as I say, it was at number one for five weeks. Yeah, like so what it's keep on going doing... each week, singles by the sales of each single, the sales, of, and then as it say, then it suddenly has a second burst. Why of life did it all have a two? Yeah, how weird that it had like another yeah. go. And I've no, I, I'll be honest, I don't know another single like it. Really, what, don't. Sound I tell you another wise, song that well, no, that, that, that have charted like that. That's charted, you know. Usually, once they go down, that's it. They go and they down. go back. I've and never known another yeah. one. Suddenly, you have another and so to do as another well as wave it did, of I mean, popularity. It was literally one place off getting to number one again. I get. I you thought know, you were going to say number one again. Is you know, like Band Aid, I suppose. But Band Aid is has got a different story behind it because it's a charity yeah. record and it's only released once a year. Oh, once a so year, yeah. This was literally in the same time. So, that it what did you to number one? What did you say about it's the biggest selling single of all time? It's the, the second seventh. Best, seventh best selling single of all time. And so it, it has got some sort of so it has got some sort of record. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah, as I say, I mean 
you've got to think of the sales that kept it there and then Ooh, yeah. the sales that got it there. And obviously again. they only take in how many sales it had in a week. Yes. Not like overall since it's no, released. As far as I know, it's on this week. It had this many weekly sales this, and that's how yeah. you got to, yeah. Because otherwise all the older ones that are in there will never leave because yeah. people would still buy yeah. them. So it's, it's got to be like a weekly thing. So it just shows how many people were still buying it. And it's mad that they had a second wave. Like, I wonder what yeah. gave it that second wave. Well, like, I I'm about what... to tell you that now. Oh, okay, go on. So Two Tribes, their second single. Yeah. That went straight in at number one. So two number ones. So... That went in at number one, straight in, while Relax was still in the charts. Down at number 31. And then suddenly, obviously, on the back of that, mm. people obviously liked Two Tribes. And were like, you know what? And bought Relax. Yeah. How weird. So Two Tribes, their second single, went straight in at number one, knocking Wham! with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, off top Not spot. Not my one. And they stayed there for nine weeks. Oh, my goodness. So, so sorry, why I, are I these a I big mentioned Bonks, I mentioned Bonksy Beat was kept off by, was kept from number one by Relax. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was, but it was when Relax was number two and Two Tribes was number one. So it's two tribes that kept Bronxky Beat. Right, okay. But Frankie Goes Hollywood was the one that kept him off. And um, Nick Kershaw's I Won't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, which was still It was also two tribes. And, yeah. Right, okay. But how weren't these one of the big four then? Were they, so, so they weren't commercially successful, but they were oh, obviously they were. successful. I'll come in. So I'll why weren't... Right, um, okay. Because they weren't... A, I suppose it's the longevity of them compared to Culture Club, Wham, Duran, Duran. They're not um, as... And Spandau PG. Ballet, no, because they were they were all around a bit earlier, and obviously, yeah. And then Frankie Goes Hollywood just had a lot of success, but in a very short time. Right, I was going to say because they've not got many songs. No, so the reason that Relax never got back to number one mm. was the number one at the time was Two Tribes. Stop. So relax. Two tries was number one. My God. And relax was now number two. Blooming. What a time to be listening to music, eh? Well, it was if you're a Frankie Goes Hollywood fan. Like you. Well, yeah. So is that what got you into it? When did you get into them? At what point? Like from the um, beginning? No, or... I wouldn't say I was there. I mean, it was probably when the relaxed t-shirt started coming out and they were starting to be starting to be big. And I suppose I was just at that age then getting into music. Yeah. And I actually, I mean, I didn't, own, I do now, I didn't own a Frankie Goes Hollywood single. I had the album or cassette as it was then. And I've now bet you've still got, got that. I've got two tribes and relax now on picture disc. On what? Picture disc. What's that? It's a, a vinyl with a picture on it. Right. So I'll, um, I'll, what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll take a picture and put it on our Twitter page, at Dad's Educators. Yes. Just just for you to see and others to see, but yes. I bet a lot of people don't know what picture disc is. I got, obviously, through through the um, the cassette, the album, Welcome to the Pleasure Zone, I just got in, they were just 
for me, that was the music. And maybe because that was the first cassette I had, that yeah, that's well, why I like that music more than anything A little bit else. of a connection. Maybe, because I just kept listening to it. And haven't you got a, a Frankie Says relaxed T-shirt now as well? Uh, yes. So some of the songs now that were kept off by now Two Tribes and Relax, as I said, when did the sun go down on me? Nick Kershaw, that mm-hmm. got to number two, held off by Two Tribes. Mm-hmm. Small Town Boy got to number three. Held off by both? Uh, no, just because of Nick Kershaw. Oh, and well, I was at the same time. Okay. Time After Time, Cindy Lauper. Oh, God, she didn't have a good time. She, she did not have a good time with Frankie Goes Hollywood. <laughs> now, by this time... Two Tribes and Relax were both number one. So she was getting done by Frank Goes Hollywood Trouble. All, uh, yeah, just all over. I mean, the top three, or the top, the top three or top four was Two Tribes, Relax, Time After Time, I Won't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yeah. And then eventually, A Hole in My Shoe, which was a novelty song by a Hole comedian. Hole in My Shoe. Yeah, by a comedian called Nigel Planner, um, his character Neil from the young ones a tv show he got to number two knocking off so he got in between okay two and relax so he knocked relaxed down so he knocked relaxed back down but he mm-hmm. didn't knock two tribes off number one two tribes still was staying at number one as i say they would stayed at number one for nine weeks mm-hmm. um prince then had a go with when doves cry not even prince then could knock them off even though Prince was quite, you know, a big name then. Tina uh-huh. Turner had a go with What's Love Got To Do With It. And so did Queen, again, who'd already missed out with Radio Gaga to relax. They're now having a go with It's A Hard Life. Unfortunately, none of them could knock Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Two Tribes off of number one. Until a song come from nowhere. Oh. And funny enough, wham, they knocked off. It was George Michael that knocked off two tribes with Careless Whisper. Okay, I'll take that. He got his um, payback. Yeah. So, um, in a sense, yeah, George Michael took revenge for them knocking off. Yeah. By um, knocking them back off. But it still, as I say, took nine weeks or nine weeks later. I was going to say, that's... um, I can't think of the word. But it's... I don't know. It's good going. It's... I can't think of it. It's astounding, to be honest. Well, it is just the relaxed bit apart, apart. Well, yeah. the fact that two of their singles were in the first top two, one of them which had reclined back up the chart. Mm. The story doesn't stop there, though. Oh, my goodness. Go on, what did the power of love do? So then they um, released their third single, The Power of Love, and that made it to number one. For one oh, week. for goodness sake. Do you know what? Because we've already spoken about the power of love. In my head, I was like, they didn't get the number one with the power of love. But was that as a Christmas one? They didn't get the Christmas number one. Right, they were quite okay. clever. They released it earlier. And it was, I suppose, other than the video, it's not really, which is why I told I you you need to watch the video at the time, because yeah. I suppose it doesn't come across Christmassy. But the the video obviously made it more Christmassy than the actual song. But they made it to number one early enough. Um, 
because they got knocked off number one by the biggest selling single of that year, Do They Know It's Christmas, Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah, because Um, who was it that didn't and made it as number two? Wham. Uh, Wham, Last Christmas, I think yeah. it was. And Shaking yeah. Stevens, Shaking who was number Steve- one the following year, he put he off, held off re- releasing year. his single. Yeah. So, um, yeah, The Power of Love did get to number one, um, only for one week. And obviously, as I say, missed out on the Christmas number one. I think it obviously it went down to number three. Um, but they did get to number one. So there's my three number ones. So there's your three number ones. Fuming, because in my head, the power of love were the number one. And what that meant is the band became only the second act in the history of the UK charts to reach number one with their first three singles. The first being uh, fellow Liverpudlians, Jerry and the Pacemakers in the 1960s. Okay. Unfortunately, their fourth single... Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, mm-hmm. peaked at number two for two weeks. <laughs> it was kept off top that. spot by Earth, Wind and Fire singer Phil Bailey and Genesis mm-hmm. frontman Phil Collins with their duet Easy Lover. Okay, don't know, I don't know that one. So just imagine if even Welcome to the Pleasure Dome had got to number one, they would have been the outright. You know, first four singles straight in. You know, I don't think that's uh, going to take that. The spice. Then, uh, but then after that, they've only got three other singles, so that's it. And that's what I'm saying. That's why they're not club because they didn't have the longevity. Mm, madness. So the album, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, the one that you've bought, the one that I had, yes, or yeah. still got, uh, that reached number one in the UK album chart with advanced sales at the time of over 1 million. What do you mean advanced? Well, people pre-order, like pre-order. Right, pre- right, okay, okay. So obviously people are thinking, then. wow, this band, and then there's, the, you know, obviously. So they're really wanting the singles, they anticipating the album to be as good yeah. as the singles that have been released so far. Yeah. So, so were the rest of the singles that I've got off of that album as well? Or were they different? No, no. Right, okay. Um, in 1985, the band won the Brit Award for Best British Breakthrough Act. I'm not surprised. Um, songwriters Johnston Gill and O'Toole, Mark O'Toole, received the 1984 Novella Award from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors for Two Tribes, and in 2015, Two Tribes was voted as the nation's 14th favourite 1980s number one in a poll on ITV. What was the number one number one? Oh, I don't know. Don't know. I'll be intrigued. Yeah. Um, however, despite all the commercial success with all the Frankie says and mm-hmm. all that, so they 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 literally just went went baked it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, their second album, Liverpool, wasn't as successful, although um, lead single Rage Hard made the top 10 and the album did get to number five. OK, but that's so still relatively, you know, a lot of bands would take that as, as, mm-hmm. as good as a success. Um, but yeah. I think after the success that Franco Zwolli would have had with their first Compared three singles it, and 
the album it was it was always going to be hard to to um to do again anyway mm. um and then the group disbanded in 1987 why just because um, they weren't getting the just on the back or... of the the second album they right okay so there weren't anything there's only on. one wave so either go out while you're on top or mm. carry on and go slowly down on a sinking ship and i suppose i suppose they did see the success that wham duran duran yeah they were looking at their competitors and they didn't you know they didn't have that and i suppose in a sense it's a bit i mean when we come to them it's a bit like catch a goo goo um they just had success they had the success straight away and probably could have done without that and led up to mm. it. So in a sense, although the 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 Radio One banning or the, the Mike Reed banning helped them, it may also have finished them off because they become so they successful. They, they like went up too they soon. Couldn't couldn't compete with themselves, their own success. Yeah. And they obviously preferred to be up there than in the shadows they enjoyed they enjoyed the well, success yeah. rather than having just a passion for music yeah. they enjoyed the success and what came yeah. with it and everything so um they did have six top 20 singles though and they did have three top 10 albums when you include their greatest hits okay. album as well but they wow. only actually released two studio albums wow so obviously we already have in because of the story we've already said about their first three mm-hmm. singles being number one but i will just recap anyway so and i'll let you know what i think of them yeah 1983 relax number one yeah the classic gets you moving doesn't it yeah that was my favorite 1984 two tribes number one that was a different vibe though I feel like they got serious. So when you're talk when you were talking about it, and, and, like, and that's what they won the awards with. Everyone thinks of Franco Hollywood and everyone thinks of Relax. Yeah, there's actually two tribes that they won awards for. I mean, okay, Relax that's was good. best single. Um, yeah, of but it was two tribes they won the Songwriters Award for, and okay. it was two tribes that they done better in the poll for number ones, not yeah. Relax. Mm. So two tribes was you know seen as their their better single in in from a songwriting side of it. I yeah, suppose. yeah. 1984, still the power love number one. Yeah. So this one, like I've said it before, like I think it's like a power ballad. But also, while I was um, listening to it, I came across some covers. Um, so James <laughs> Arthur has done a cover, and Gabrielle Aplin, and I actually prefer Gabrielle Aplin's. Uh-huh. The power of love. It's very, oh, it's like um, I can't think of. It's more like emotional. It's like an acoustic. I don't know. L- listen to it. It's really good. Uh, I like that. Okay, nineteen eighty-five. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Just missing out at number mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. That was really slow starting for me. Not much body to that one. That's probably my least favorite. 1986, Rage Hard, number four. You wouldn't have guessed that they'd raged hard. <laughs> That's basically all they said. It was very repetitive, that one. 1986, Warriors of the Wasteland, number 19. Okay. That one had a long intro, but it got me tapping. Uh-huh. Got me tapping to it. That was It was a nice one after Rage Hard. Yeah. 
1987, Watching the Wildlife, number 28. Okay, so it didn't end up that bad, no. their charting. But yeah, no. that one's got a good sound to it, but it's a more in the background song. Yeah, and that was it. Mm. Short and sweet career of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Holly Johnson did go on to be a soloist and had a few hits again with Americanos and I think it was Love Train, I think his other one was, but um, okay. never, they, they never, never became anything big. Hollywood never, you know, and unfortunately they've never reformed. So they've never, they've never um, joined the uh, 80s um, ah, revival like, through Rewind hmm. and other other ones like um, yeah more than that they've not they've not um okay i would have thought that they would have been right on that yeah and i think they'd do well if they did i think they'd probably you know but they're the sort that wouldn't do Mm. rewind they'd want to go straight to glastonbury yeah you can you just know that that would be if Glastonbury come calling reform and come, they would probably they'd be like yeah and they right. would do it but that's what would probably yeah, get them out to, yeah. to reform rather than so going on have to, you never seen them then like no, even when you were younger no, no okay I was too young at the time I suppose to grandma to see not them take you um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too too young to to see them and I've never got to see them since. Oh, that's a bit gutting, considering they're the ones that got you really into yeah. music. Yeah, I think they were um, part of the VH1s try, when they tried to get band, bands reunited. That 25th I don't anniversary think they, thing. I don't think they they managed it. Right, okay. Yeah, oh, they might, I think they might have, re, yeah, oh, they might have been on the Trevor Horn reunited that he'd done for his mm. um, thing but i can't remember okay. it may have well been on that right for one you know for trevor or, one night only yeah. so um mm. moving on into talk talk yeah so according to connor connor thinks they sound a bit like depeche mode in their first song talk talk and he's got a thing with depeche mode at the minute like he absolutely loves them but yeah, he thinks Talk Talk sounds similar to Depeche Mode. So if they've ever been inspired by Depeche Mode, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's their little oh, Connors at Limpet. I think I did write in my thing who they've uh, been inspired by. Uh, no, I've put who they've inspired. But oh, okay. Who they were inspired by, I think. Oh. All right, uh, well, according to Connor, that's who they could have been inspired by. Uh, oh, no, no, I have... No, no, I haven't. No, I've just got who. Um, who who they, they inspired? Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no. They were compared. Compared. I put. Right. Okay. So yeah. No, I haven't got who they. But anyway, so talk, talk are or were Mark Hollis vocals and guitar, mm. Paul Webb on bass, and Lee Harris on drums. Simon Brenner was on keyboards, but he left in 1983. Right. Okay. And all those people. So they, just. After watching videos, they look like school children. In yeah. one video, they look like naughty school children. And that was in Life's What You Make It. And then in Such a Shame, they look like posh totties type of school children. Like they go to a private school. And I was like, well, either way, you look like you're really young and you look like school kids. But they don't seem to have a, a specific look about them. Right. Yeah. They're very young. Okay. So they were formed in 1981. Okay. In London. Mm. And they are a new wave synth pop post-rock 
band. Oh, okay. I didn't get much rock from them. No. I just said electro pop, which I guess is synth pop. So they were compared at the time to Duran Duran, as as both of them were inspired directionally music wise by Roxy Music. So I suppose that's who they. Okay. So, and we've said about Roxy Music before, Brian Eno quite a few times mm. so yeah so that was obviously there more than Depeche Mode it was Roxy Music and because of that they were compared to Duran Duran because Obviously, Duran Duran went on to much bigger things unfortunately than Rock Talk Talk did yeah so after their early chart success with their synth pop singles um, Talk Talk It's My Life and Such a Shame the band changed direction Okay. And um, were seen as pioneers of post-rock after achieving widespread success in Europe with their singles, Life's What You Make It and Living in Another World. I didn't think there was much a change in their sound. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not like majorly to be some pioneers for something else. And I didn't really see them as anything rocking. That's interesting, isn't it? I didn't really hear that, but we know what my ears are like anyway. So their fourth album, Spirit of Eden, although critically acclaimed, it failed to sell. And then because of that, frictions between the band and the record label EMI uh, resulted in the band and um, the record label parting ways. And then the band... Or well, the record label, whichever way, I don't know which one it what which way it was, but legal action was um, taken and then counter suing. Oh my God. Followed that. So yeah. Um, and then Paul Webb, the bass player, he departed. The band eventually signed to Polydor for their final album, Laughing Stock, which was released in 1991, but split soon after, as it obviously completely flopped. Um, but they didn't have talk, some thing then, did they? No, no, not really. So Talk Talk have influenced, however, in their short time, many, many bands, including Tears for Fears, oh. Radiohead, right. Doves and Elbow. Okay. That's and Andy McGee of Creation Records and listen, I just, in case, did you get that name? Andy. McGee. Am I meant to have reacted to that? No, you're, I'm right. just saying, list, just keep hold of that name a bit longer. So Andy McGee of um, Creation Records, he was at the time said, I find the whole story of one man, Hollis, um, against the system in a bid to maintain control uh, or creative control, incredibly heartening. So Hollis was against, so hence the EMI and him and what happened. I think EMI wanted to take more control mm-hmm. from reading between the lines. He didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they then come to blows, obviously, whatever. He then joined Polydor and, yeah. So at the time, Andy McGee, who was to do with an independent label in creative records, he said he was really impressed with the fact that he knew what he wanted, as in Mark Hollis, the main man behind um, Talk Talk, mm. and he kept to his guns, in a sense, I suppose. He so wanted, he liked that he was he like that outspoken. understood, he knew what he wanted creatively, and he 
kept to his guns with regards to the way he wanted the band to go. So Fair yeah. Enough. I mean, that's what I prefer rather than someone going with whatever they're so, told um, to do. Yeah. Now, um, unfortunately, um, Talk Talk won't ever be back because Mark oh. Hollis, who was the main man in 2019, age 64, died after a short illness. However, just to show how big he was, or how, not how big he was, but how influential and how people revered him, how how he done, uh, tributes on his death came from Duran Duran, Deepesh Mode, OMD, Mark Almond, Peter Gabriel was Genesis, and Roland Orzabal who was Tears for Fears. Right. So some big names said, mm. you know, have spoken out obviously about him. Um, and then in March 2020, a documentary about Talk Talk was screened in Copenhagen Film Festival. Oh, okay. Um, called In a Silent. Uh, now it was filmed before Hollis's death, but however, without the main band members' participation. So I suppose he knew oh, that. Okay. I don't or at least it says the main band, I guess that's him as well. Yeah. Um, not being in it. And it won the prize for best music documentary in 2021. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Mm. It's not, I, I mean, I've never watched it. It's something I wouldn't mind watching. But I was going to say, I've just written it down. Did you say in a silent or uh, in a down, silent? Yeah, in, in a silent, in a silent way, sorry. In right. a silent way. So Talk Talk had three top 20 singles. Right. And they had two top 10 albums. Okay. No top 10s. It's an interesting one, this. So, Talk Talk was released in 1982 mm. and got to number 52. Oh. Yeah. And then in 1982, we had Today. My favourite. That got to number 14. Okay, that's my favourite. I feel like it's motivational. I don't know, it gets you moving. Uh-huh. And then good. on the back of today, they re-released Talk Talk. Mm. So still in 1982. Yeah. And this time it got to number 23. Okay, all right. I like Then in 1984, It's My Life. I recognise that one. Got to number 46. Oh, that's mad. I thought It's My Life, like I've recognised it, and it's a good all-rounder song. So go on, that must have come back in, because for me to recognise it, it's got to come back in and done something. And then in 1984, Such a Shame, Yeah. number 49. Oh, well, that one to me just had a slow start, but when you got into it, it was all right. Yeah. And then, um, that, I mean, I mean, there's others. I mean, I had My Foolish Friend, Outside the Top 50, Dum Dum Girl, didn't even break the top 60 or oh, top wow. 70. So you've not done well. No. Um, in 1985, It's My Life, re-released. Yeah. Number 93. What on earth? So, yeah. What? Then 1986... Life's What You Make It, got to number 16. So now you can see why they changed their music. Yeah. So they saw that the the, the simple, the, what they were doing, they weren't really getting anywhere. So they've hmm. changed now to what they call post-rock. Life's What You Make It, 
number 16. Do you know what's funny about that one? I couldn't, that one was like just background music to me, repetitive, was chilled out. But the more I listen to it, the more I enjoy it. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's taken me a while to get into it. So they think they've hit a formula. Mm-hmm. 1986, oh, Living in Another World, number 48. That one, I thought was very 80s. I thought that would have done really well. I really like the vocals on yeah. it. Um, and then they had Give It Up, just inside the top 60. I Don't Believe in You, 96. So, so really? And then I Believe in You, 1985. So, yeah, and that so was 1988. Really, with... These, the only two was today that got in the top 40 and um, life, like, no, 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 but I'm on about all together. It's my life. Life, no, life's what you make it got in the top 40. So to be fair, they were probably the only two that I should listen to. And I guess Talk Talk because the re-release. Was released and got to number 23. Yeah, but the others, flops. Well, hold on. 1990, It's My Life, was released for a third time. Oh, go on. Got to number 13. Oh, so the 90s liked it a bit more then. And in 1990, Life's What You Make It was re-released. Got to number 23. Okay. 1990, Such a Shame, re-released. Number 78. (laughs) Still not doing very well. No. And then they released again, Living in Another World, number 79. And then in 2003, they tried again with It's My Life. (laughs) And it got to number 64. And after that, that's it. That's mad. So they were like flops in a sense, really. Yeah, but they are, for me, they're good songs. Yeah, I'm surprised if they're charting. But it just shows you, you can... If that if if that if those songs have probably been recorded with or put out as Wham, Duran Duran, mm, Culture Club, it would have been a whole different. They story. would have probably done much better. But if you don't have the fans behind you, sometimes that's what you know. Until people know you and hear your music, and they can only know and you I and suppose hear you. The ideal the ideal um, scenario for that is is what who we've already spoke about with Frankie Goes Hollywood. Yeah, getting that people little bit of attention. Had that suddenly that media Let people talking them for relax mm. that got to number one. They then had the two tribes that then reignited people with them and again relax on the back of that, got on that crest of a wave and went back up. Mm. And then obviously the power of love was released at the right time. Yeah. Been released a week or a week later, it would have been up against Band Aid, and that would have so, And it just, so, I suppose that just shows you the music industry. You can literally have as good a song as you want, but if you haven't got the right record company behind you, the right advertisement, or you know how you promote this, the promoters, mm. um, it, it doesn't work. And you need a bit of luck, which I suppose Relax had, and or Thank You as Hollywood had, and unfortunately Talk Talk didn't. No, but also. They were probably not not helped by falling out with EMI and mm. have you were a big record company because they, as I say, you know, Andy Andy McGee, McGee has said that he he was in he was you know the whole story um, of Mark Hollis being against the system mm. he found as quite heartening. Yeah, but obviously 
being against the system didn't help him. It didn't help help him and the band, no, no. the music. No. So it's a story of what could have been, I think, with mm. talk talk, rather than how good their songs are. Yeah, like how good, yeah. Because they are, they are good. Mm. Moving on now to H2O. Yep. Now, I got a bit confused because <laughs> I didn't realise there's two bands. Which is weird to come across because usually you don't have Yeah, bands. no. So I gave you originally their songs and I had another song on there called, I can't remember what it was now, Nobody's, Nobody's Business. Diary or Business, that was it. And then when I was looking them up, Nobody's Business, and they did, I mean, I'd never heard it and I played it and I thought, God, this, this is world different. <laughs> well, it was world different because it was a totally different group. <laughs> and um, they're actually more of a rock band and they're from America. Right, the other okay. H2O, and they're from, like, the 90s. Right. Whereas H2O that I want to talk about are from Scotland. Oh, um, and they are. we've had a Scottish band. No, uh, you... Maybe. Not. I'm sure we... No, I think we have. I sound a lot more yeah, shocked. Sure okay. I'll dial that back a bit. Um, so H2O uh, were Ian Donaldson on vocals, mm. Alan McGee, Oh, so he was in a band. Kenny Dorman on drums. Ross Alcock on keyboards. David Wells on guitar. And Colin Garrigan Garrigan on saxophone. Mm. They were formed in 1978 in Glasgow, Scotland. And they are a new wave synth pop stroke electronic band. Okay, I just put synth pop. So in 1982, with the addition of a second guitarist, Pete Keane, the band signed a recording contract with RCA Records and they supported Kajagoogoo on tour, helping promote their own single, I Dream to Sleep, which consequently charted. However, before the band saw success, Mm -hmm. their bassist, Andy McGee, uh, Alan. Alan. Alan? No, Andy. Andy. Oh, I've, I've written Alan. I've written Andy in one and Alan in another. Well, you've been saying Andy this whole time. Alan, I've got Alan there. <laughs> I think it's Alan McGee. I'm not sure now. I think it's Alan McGee. If you look up creative rec- creation records, you'll, you'll find out. But anyway, he left um, before he saw success. Alan. It's Alan. It's Alan. Yeah. Uh, so before the band saw success, Alan McGee, <laughs> not Andy, sorry, uh, had left to be replaced by Colin Ferguson on bass. However, Alan McGee would still go on to have more success with his next band as he became the manager of Oasis. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. And the co-founder of Creation Records. And it was Oasis that I think saved Creation Records from going under because obviously you oh. need that big band to, mm. you know, obviously get yeah. you more business and that. And he stumbled across, he, you know, was lucky and signed up Oasis, took a gamble, and what a gamble that turned out. Oh, to wow. Be. And then he championed many other groups, including the Jesus and Mary Chain, Primal Scream, the Libertines, mm. um, as well as obviously, as I say, Oasis. So, yes. Wow. So he became a. So he was quite big. H two O. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. he made it on his own. Yeah. 
but as a manager I mean, most more than a musician. Have not heard of H2O. Mm. And as you'll find out, they 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 um, actually broke up in 1985 um, after further success eluded them. However, the band, um, uh, well, Donaldson and Alcock continued to write um, and they demoed new material. Right. And in, in the hope of a new deal. And in 18, 1986, they met John O'Reilly, mm-hmm. who managed the Bluebells, who we spoke about when we spoke about Banana Rama, because... Um, the one that left, um, she co-wrote the Bluebells' number one single. I don't know if it was number one, but they're, they're, a, they're, they're a big, they're. yeah. So they reformed and they signed to Legend Records. Mm. Obviously, with John O'Reilly now as their manager. Um, however, after the release of single Blue Diamond, um, which just failed to break into the top forty, oh, despite it having plenty of airplay. On major radio stations, um, it obviously it still flopped. And following the closure of Legend Records, which was their now record label, mm-hmm. uh, the band disbanded. Which is a shame because I, I, you, you kind of hope that they would have kept going. And then Alan McGee, now of Creation Records, would have signed them up. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, but like you'd have been like that was many join. years late. That was many years later, obviously. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. So unless he got them back together and signed them up and just yes. took it and went on a whim yeah. on a on a hope that they'd but do well. Still, you know, even that they got to have. You know, as they've just proved, they had that is as it, as it, as I read. You know, they had. The, the, then their new manager got on the airtime mm. on radios that just still didn't just, just wasn't good enough, or they just didn't have that break that talked like talk talk. Yeah, we, you know, yeah, it can just, go both ways. Mm. I mean, I suppose we'll find out in a minute what you with what you thought of mm-hmm. it, you know. So, um, but they did have you know they 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 went out, but they did have two top forty singles. Not bad. So, nineteen eighty three, Dream to Sleep, my favorite. Number 17. Okay. It was a calm one, which is different for me. I don't usually like calm. I like a bit more upbeat. And it was a nice focus on the voice. But yeah, my favourite. 1983 again, just outside of heaven. And again, I thought about his vo- the voice again. I was like, it's a beautiful voice. And that one, I thought that one was very electric. Just outside of heaven, just inside the top 40, number 38. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, as I've already mentioned, um, after they re got, well, not reformed, but the, t- the two of them, whatever. Yeah, revamped or whatever. Then, 1987, so quite a few years later, Blue Diamond, mm-hmm. number 77. Um, so I, I only gave you it because I was obviously going to mention it and it gave you yeah. another song because I'd obviously given you another song, which um, wasn't theirs. No. But <laughs> again, nobody's business. Blue Diamonds was another calm one, but I could sing along to it. It was a different listening because they were calm, yeah. they were like chilled and calm and more s- focus on the singing rather than the music from what I'd had already. Okay, moving on to the last group then for this week. Yep. Rock Steady Crew. Yep. These were different than the rest of the week, weren't they? They and were, yes. I watched a video and I feel like they were before their time, like they were breakdancing. I feel like these are hip hop. Wow. I'm going with a hip hop genre. I feel like they were a bit more 90s because of the breakdancing, but then they still had like the sweatbands that the 80s had. And I think they were a large group. But obviously I only had that one song and I watched a video for it. They don't seem like they were having fun. Okay. So Rocksteady Crew were Crazy Legs, DJ Cucumber Slice, 
DJ Qbert, Fever One, Mad Child, my favourite, Mr. Wiggles, <laughs> Q Unique, Razel or Razel, Tony Touch, Frosty Freeze, Mix Master Mike, Ken Swift, and Daisy Castro, also known as Baby Love. So yeah. What? Oh no. <laughs> it's there. Um, what was the second one? DJ Cucumber Slice. Yes. <laughs> I think that's my favourite. Yeah. I mean, there was a few. DJ Cucumber Slice, Mr. Wiggles, and um Mix Master Mike, I think were the you know, crazy legs. Yeah, just... or, yeah, crazy legs, frosty freeze. You know, there was there was a few in there, weren't there? I'm sure they're not their real names, but that's all I've got for you, I'm afraid. <laughs> they're keeping their um, identity under wraps. <laughs> yeah. So they were formed in 1977. Oh. In the Bronx of New York right. City. And as you rightly say, they are a hip-hop breakdancing group. Oh, okay. Large group, as you say. Yeah. So the Rocksteady crew were seen as pioneers oh, for breakdance. And they even appeared in films such as Flashdance and Beat Street. Not heard of any of them. And after their single Hey You, the Rocksteady crew reached the top 10 in many European charts. They, oh, sorry, I said, I said that as if I was going to say something else. So they were pioneers on the back of, so they were seen as pioneers for breakdance now on mm-hmm. the back of Hey You, the Top Box Eddie Crew, which is yeah. the top 10 in, in most, sorry. Right, okay. Um, and Daisy Castro, or Babe, also known as Baby Love, uh, she was the lead vocalist on Hey You, the Box Okay, Eddie I know Crew. if you're on about them. Like yeah. a picture, yeah. And then they had a second single, Up Rock, which was a flop in the UK. Now, I don't know how big they were in America. I've, I've well, tried I was going to say if they're American. I can guarantee that they were probably and... big. If they were but, the pioneers for like breakdancing and whatnot, they might have done because they have more of a um, club. I don't know, more of a following. I would say over there with that type of um, yeah. dancing and music yeah. than we do here. And that was obviously a lot smaller. You know, they were ahead. You say they were ahead mm. of their time, yeah. which they were as far as over here, but were they ahead of their time in America? Yeah, I don't because know. they're bigger. It's because of their of single mm. being big over here or in Europe that we got introduced to breakdancing yeah. and hip hop. And that then, which is the pretty cool. And what mm. have you. So, mm. yeah. So they are, you know, as far as 80s music go, they have, they have they've got a big stand in, you know, a big uh, reckoning, mm. I suppose, mm. because of what they brought to the table yeah which no one on its own on its own that's a good thing to have under your belt isn't it like forget about pioneers of a whole you know not yeah like a whole genre they got a lasting legacy yeah on the music industry for what they achieved yeah like i guess it's like a whole decade was like dedicated to that like sort of dancing and music yeah almost because that's what the 90s kind of then went into along with like your r&b and whatnot and yeah. even for breakdance now i mean so the the, the rock, hey you rock city crew was released in 1983 which is still that's way it's time yeah you know? like i would have expected so it to be it later still than took that a while before even over here breakdance become big mm. you know it must have been oh 
I, I don't know if it may be in the end of 80s, if not, then even in the 90s. Mm, well, I but associate there, We're talking 1983 here with Rock City Crew being in the chart. Wow. And um, not only just being in the chart, they got to number six in the UK. Wow. Okay. Well, I just found them different to the rest of the week, and then obviously yeah. they are because they're genre. Yeah, totally. So that brings us to the end. I mean, that was quick there with the last one because um, they only had one single to talk yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going with a, a big fat at least three, but it could be could be more. Mm-hmm. We will find out. So hit or miss Thompson Twins. Hit. Pleased to hear that. They weren't my favourite of the week, though. Okay. I don't think you could fault the Thompson Twins music. No. But they, and they probably um, cry 80s more than any other group we've probably listened to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're a lot more. Because they got the. These the are synth, what I've been expecting. Yeah, because of yeah. how much synth you can hear in it, how much of the electric, how yeah. much of the different sound you can hear, the programmed sure. sound. So that was definitely the yeah. most dated I've had. Uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Miss. Three number ones, massively commercially successful, and you've given it a miss. Yeah, they're not... <laughs> right. There's long intros, and they're quite bland songs, and it, they just come across a bit dark, which is why I said they were like a rock pop. They're just not up my street. Like, they're a bit boring. So when I was listening, I was like, how is this what dad, what got dad into music? Like, it just isn't what I was expecting. Like, when I said to you, not what I was expecting, that's what I mean. It, it Completely, I was like, when I was listening to it the first time round, uh, like, obviously I recognised Relax, so I knew I was listening to Frankie Goes to Hollywood, but I was like, this isn't what I was expecting. Like, So two all. tribes that got them... The Ivan Novello Songwriters Award yeah. for their, their songwriting. It got to number one for what did I say? Five nine, weeks, nine, nine weeks, weeks. Whatever it was, yeah. And it it didn't do nothing for you. Mm-mm. I don't think it's me that's got had the issue. It's not, I've not I'm got shocked. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew you would be. I think with Frank Hollywood, even at the time, you, they were Marmite. You either liked them or you didn't. Yeah, you know? I'm and I'm sure all those Wham, Duran, Duran, Spandau, even Culture Club fans back then well, are probably uh, nodding their heads with you and probably yeah. going, totally agree. Yeah. Whereas they the, just the more synth pop like me probably do prefer but then it's like, Frankie over the Wham. Yeah, and, but it's like... You talk about synth pop, and obviously I'm understanding more about synth pop as we go on. And you've got to remember, I know what you listen to. So when we do the weeks with like Aha or Razia or Pet Shop Boys, I know what I'm getting into. So when you say that Frankie Goes Hollywood got you into music, I was picturing something along the lines of what I already know that you listen to. Wasn't. And I was like, okay, I'm going to really try but I really can't get into it. That it's just too slow. You didn't too hear the synths with all the, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I heard welcome that. to the Pleasure Dome and oh, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Oh, don't even get me started. That's probably one of the worst songs I've listened to this week. <laughs> oh, 
Like, it's got no body to it. And I really do apologise, but no. I really don't think I'll listen to really any of them again. Like, I don't, it's really not hit with me anyway. You know, like, sometimes I miss and I'm like, but I'd listen to this song and this song. There is not many I would listen to again. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. And like I say, I prefer a, a cover of The Power of Love. I do like The Power of Love, but I prefer a cover. Okay. Moving on, Talk Talk. Hit. They're my favourite this week. Ah. <laughs> a band that struggled to make the top not, 20. Yeah, but it's not about... Top 10. It's Didn't not make about, the top 10. It's not about no, no, as I told you before. No, no, as I told you before, it isn't. No, but... <laughs> Don't be bitter now. I'm, I'm not bitter. I'm still pleased that you've, you know, I've given, I've introduced you. The talk, talk is not a group that you'd have ever come across no. probably before I introduced you to it this week. No. So I look at that as a success, more. success more than you not liking <laughs> Andrew Sonic. Yeah. Um, H2O hit. I really enjoyed that. You know. Really enjoyed them, See? which shocked me because they they're calm. But I've played them yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I dream to sleep. Oh, love it. Great song. Like I know yeah. the words already. They weren't even a big group in the eighties. No. If you probably asked, if you put out on Twitter who sang "I Dream to Sleep," probably a few people go have to look up what "A Dream to Sleep" is anyway. <laughs> The song, and I can guarantee not a lot would would give you the right answer of H two O. So again, I look at that as a success that I have managed to get you to listen to a group yeah. from the eighties that you had never heard oh, well. of before, and you've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, you take that it. is that is a bigger influence than you. N- Bigger success and the fact that I've been more so than Frankie Goes to, uh, the Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah. And then obviously there's only one song for Rocksteady Cruise. And so. I didn't really like it. Um, not your kind of music, not my kind of music, really. I mean, it was a good song. But they weren't bad. Um, and I really do like the backstory and how the pioneers and stuff, but of the music alone, I don't, it's not. Yeah. It's not my no, kind no. of. I, I can see that. Why you would say that? They did so, get three hits, but which I will take. <laughs> you know, because I was I probably said three at the beginning, um, but I would have. You didn't think H two O. Oh, okay. But obviously H H two O. No, no. I was hoping three, but I didn't. Wasn't sure about talk talk. Okay. Although I think their music is good. Forget the I like, side of it. No, I really like it. Rightly so. But yeah, I. I'm surprised with H2O because one, there wasn't many songs there to choose from and there was probably only one decent song, but. No, I liked two or three. But no, that's good. Yeah. So I look at that as a success and I've introduced you to songs that you won't even find on many 80s compilations as far as H2O oh, really? go. Yeah, they're not a big, big band. Even even, even to even go like dream on. To, oh, sorry, dream to sleep isn't a, a big single for um oh, for, for that it. either. You know, okay. When you think of you know tri- trio with da da da, oh, and the fact that that is one of the biggest selling singles of all time, yeah, that probably appears on the More. same. No, probably 
probably that's not on many. I wouldn't say that even appears on many 80s compilations, but I would say that would probably appear on more than Dream to Sleep. God, and that's saying something, can it? So next week, that was a bit of a shock for this, week, <laughs> I suppose, in a, in a sense, but. It's your opinion, uh-huh. and I'm pleased that you know that I've introduced you to two I, other groups one that you really like in Talk Talk, yeah. So, I don't think many song people, that you obviously really like. So. Mm, I don't think many people my age would really be into Frankie Goes Hollywood. Connor doesn't like it either. Oh, okay, there you go, it's taste of music, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I can't fault them, that's what got me into music, mm, so um, mm. you know, uh, but I wasn't into the pop side of it, as in Wham and yeah, Duran Duran and that, you know, or some of their songs I were, but not not, not on the whole. Where's Ringo's mm. Hollywood? I just, you know, a song that you didn't like at the time, yeah. So, on to next week, then, are you ready? Yes, go for it. So, you've got the Style Council, yeah, not heard of them, Aztec Camera. Camera. Yes, camera. Okay. Aztec camera. Yeah. The assembly. The assembly. Okay. The icicle works. Right. And yes. That's the band name. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is a week that I have definitely not heard of a single band like you've not even mentioned any of them well we have but you'll find out as we talk about them next week but we have mentioned two i think have you mentioned yes i feel like you've mentioned yes now you've said that we have mentioned okay don't think you've mentioned any of the others though at all we have okay i don't recognize any of them yes now you've said i'm like I feel like someone from another band at some point went into that band or something. Can't remember who or what, but yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I will send you over the singles. Again, it's only five groups this week, so Mm -hmm. not a a big one. I will send you over those singles from those groups and um, we shall discuss next week. Mm -hmm. I haven't got high hopes for next week. Oh, don't give me. But I think that. I think there could be another talk talk. Oh, okay. So yeah. Right. Okay. We will see. Okay. I don't like when you yes. say that you've got you haven't got high hopes. I no, not. I mean, I, it could it could be that I just, you know it changes, you're just not into it. There's not going to be a lot of songs for you. Okay. Okay. Well, if there's not a lot of songs, sometimes the more I listen to a song, the more I get into it. So if there's not a lot, it might play better for them because I might, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or I could get sick of it, but yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, we will see. We will. Mm-hmm. On that note, I will say goodbye. Yeah. And we'll speak next week. Yeah. All right. Okay. Then, then. Yeah. All, All right. right. See you. Bye. Bye. Now.